Welcome back to another episode of the Hoops Temple Podcast. Nate is away today. He's busy um, on his honeymoon, taking gondola trips down Italian rivers and um, uh, being, being, you know, just being a TikTok celebrity in general. Um, so it's just me and Nico for today. We had a really great chat. Covered all the all the games from the weekend, some recent news, um, some big milestones from Greg Popovich and LeBron James, and a massive signing in the NBA set to shake the league to its very core. Um, and finished it up with a a fun quiz. Yeah, bonjour everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to it. Yeah. So the weekend is over, and I've been watching a few games, mm. and there's some notable things going on in the NBA. Yeah, you've got some hot takes, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first off, I just want to talk a little bit about Boston. Yeah. Like, I feel like at the at the middle of the season, like before the All-Star game, um, didn't really notice the Boston Celtics that much as like a contending team this this season, yeah. and and like before the season started, uh, I'm pretty sure that we didn't give Boston any nods in in terms of being able to contend for a title this season. Yeah, but after this uh, All Star break, they've just been looking way better. In it's not just like their offense or their defense or anything like. Uh, it's like their whole team collectively just turned it up and like Jason Tatum is, is starting to share the ball a lot more. Uh, Jalen Brown is averaging like, I think he's, he's like four or five assists more per game since the All-Star break, yeah. uh, I want to say. So like they really started to play together as a unit um, and that defense is just incredible right now. Jason Tatum, like if he's is he if he played at this level the entire season, I feel like he, he could be like a defensive player of the year candidate. Yeah, or, or even MVP to be honest. Like um <laughs> the, the <laughs> you know the scoring that he's been able to put up is almost twenty seven points a game with eight boards and four assists. Um, but yeah, for the Celtics, it's really is the defense that you know, is, is the, the big driving force to their success. Um, and they just have like a, a pretty ridiculous roster of defensive players. Um, you know, Marcus Smart and and Time Lord, you know, they have pretty solid reputations by now as as good defenders. Um, but yes, the, the things that Jason Tatum is able to do, like not even just on ball, but just as sort of like a team defender and a, a defensive connecting piece, a help defender, Offering you know like some some rotational rim protection as well um, is is pretty is pretty you know dominant at times and, and defensive player of the year like um, to your point and they have according to cleaning the glass the number one defense in the league at this point um, over the course of the season even even with their slow start I mean it it really shows. Um... It's like Robert Williams, Time Lord, mm. the way like he's defending right now, or uh, I should say the way he's able to defend right now, mm. because of the the great defense from from both Marcus Smart and Derek White. I mean, I mean, I ca I can't mention a bad defender on that team. Like Jason Tatum, really turned up his defense. Jalen Brown always been a great defender. Um, you can't mention a bad defender on that team, but like yeah. Time Lord re really like turned it up. Like he, he's so much better than than last season, mm -hmm. and um, Grant Williams as well. Like, oh yeah, he's been he's been a stable on that team for a long time now. I feel like, um, well, I mean, he's a he's a young player, but but he got a lot of minutes last season, and I yeah. I, I really didn't see him as like that 
great of a player. I mean, I, I thought he would be a good rotational piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, he looks damn good in in the lineup with um, Time Lord. Uh, and and I mean, if they need some bigger size, they have Al Horford, who has been playing super well for them after the All Star break as well. Um, it's looked great for them. I th- I think if if we uh, waited with our um, like uh, uh, who's the contender episode, yeah. I, I think like we mentioned Celtics as like a yeah. hot take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this week, it's not even close to a hot take to call them a title contender. Yeah, I mean they're the best defense in the league with a, a go to scorer, um, and like they really did struggle coming out early and trying to find like um, you know an offensive identity. You know they really struggled to put the ball in the game and actually lost a lot of close games. So like they're you know for as good as they've been, they're still five and a half wins fewer than what their point differential would suggest which means that they're you know losing a lot of close games um and having a new coach and and sort of adjusting to a new system you know you can get those early season growing pains and you know late game decision making is something that you know of a, a, a new coach has to figure out um i think they've just um you know yudoka has has got down now um but yeah, to the, to the point on Time Lord, um, I think he sort of benefits a lot from something that Rudy Gobert um, really lacks with the with the Jazz team, um, and that both of those guys are like really awesome rim protectors. Like Time Lord is averaging over two blocks a game, um, and I think you know the the way that Gobert is supposedly exposed by certain teams, and like in the Clippers. Uh, series for example um is a lack of like good perimeter defenders like makes your job really hard as the as the rim protector um and so to have Derek White and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and and Grant Williams who you know I've always been quite a big fan of um but who has really figured figured shit out this year um you know the shooting is the big thing um I think he's slimmed down a lot which means he's able to compete on the on the perimeter defensively a lot better um and has really become you know a really solid just three and d role player and he was always you know quite an intelligent player um and so for time lord to have those guys up front and at the point of attack and on the perimeter i think just makes his job a lot easier to just you know be the be the anchor and and cause chaos um and the the big growth that I think we've seen from him too is um and sort of awareness and decision making and sort of you know defensive intelligence so early on in his career like he's always been talented like the signs have always been there yeah um probably the biggest thing for him was just like he always failed yeah, yeah. and so if we look at per 100 positions um his fouls going from his rookie season to now is 6.1 fouls so fouling out every game Six point three fouls, fouling out every game. Five fouls, yeah. basically fouling out. Now down to three point seven. Um, yeah. and you know, what's what's an average player going to play like 70, 75 positions? Um, or if you just look at per thirty six minutes, four point six, four point seven, three point eight, two point seven. So like he's just really got the fouling under control and doesn't have to you know bite on every play um, and and can just cause havoc and with the discipline that he's now developed um is able to just make a much bigger impact yeah i wonder how much i made i made yudoka uh has been the reason for like his uh amazing growth this season like mm. i mean Doka is known for for being a great defensive coach um so um but, but i mean his, his ability to just be able or like th- I mean the fact that he is just able to to roam uh, around the paint and like uh, just await the offensive player coming inside is also um, like you you need good perimeter defense defenders to like be able to do that because um, like he's often le- leaving his assignments 
to like come over and help other places. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that if you have a good defense in place. Um, but I mean, they lost against Dallas uh, with a Doncic who like couldn't miss. Was shooting pretty well that game. Uh, 100% from the free throw line, um, 40% behind the free free point line, and 50% field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the Dorian finish bit was was hitting a lot of difficult shots as well. Didn't we do the same story? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Dallas Mavericks was lucky winning this game, but like everything was clicking for them. Um, yeah, I mean, every team is going to get those games where like the opponent just makes all their shots, and then it's like yeah. you know you're you're quite limited in, in what you can actually do um, yep. defensively, other than you know the you know Jedi mind tricks of trying to make opponents miss some open jump shots. Um, yep. I think Dallas are really coming on at sort of a good time as well. They're mm. a team that like you know from that sort of lower half of the of the playoffs, you know, currently in the five seed and um, actually only a half game out of four. Um, you know, that's that's sort of a, a quite a scary team. If I'm one of these contending teams, you know, that's a team that I do not want to come up against. Um, yeah. Doncic has, has proven over the last couple of years that he's a, a legitimate, um, you know, playoff player. You know, if he didn't have to run into Kawhi and Paul George both years, um, you know, he he probably would have gone on a deep playoff run, and even then, you know, he you know, he he's given the Clippers everything they can handle. Um, yeah. And and another guy that you mentioned, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, sort of a small sample size. We're only eleven games into his Dallas career, but averaging, you know, eighteen points, four and a half assists, and the shooting efficiency sort of always been the one knock against him. Um, yeah. You know, he's had like one season of above average true shooting. Uh, he's up at 63% true shooting. So that's just, you know, he is putting the ball in the hoop and doing it efficiently. Um, you know, I've always been a, a, quite a fan of Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, you know, even going back to Brooklyn where I thought he was better than, than D'Angelo Russell um, while he was backing him up. And yeah. um, I think you and I sort of agreed that that was a move that we wanted Dallas to make in the offseason was to find a way to bring Spencer Dinwiddie in. Um, yeah. So now that they've, talk about that. Yeah, so now that they've done that and they've got this sort of, you know, three-headed monster of uh, Brunson, Dinwiddie, and Doncic, you know, it's just really hard to, to compete defensively when you've got, you know, a pretty elite point guard um, and offensive creator, um, you know, on the court at all times. Yeah, I mean, to me, it looks like the Dallas Mavericks won the trade with the uh, with Wizards like big time. Wizards haven't moved closer to being a playing team at all with Kristaps, uh, and Spencer really gives the Dallas Mavericks the edge in terms of uh, like I, I I mean, I see a path for for the Mavericks to at least get to the conference finals. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie gives them exactly what they needed in terms of elevating this team to a like maybe not serious contender for a title right now but but like they're so much closer now than they were before the uh, trade yeah Uh, i mean even even last year against the clippers with Kawhi and paul george like yeah they'd probably have won that series if they had spencer dinwiddie yeah they needed that dallas all, all they were missing is just like one other guy that can do anything with the ball yeah. Um. Yeah. And so the the jump from Brunson and then adding in Dinwiddie and the way that he's playing. Yeah. Um And I mean, even Frank Nilkina has been pretty okay sometimes. Um. So that's a guy that might be able to to use also. Hmm. Josh Green as well. Like he's been stepping it up. Uh. This season. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. they they have their guards down now. Uh, now all they need is maybe a better center player. But but like. Yeah, Dwight Powell might not be the final piece on that. Like, if they're a championship team one day, mm. I don't think Dwight Powell is starting. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he does sort of a decent job, like, particularly as a role man. Like, he's a pretty good pick and roll player. Um, yeah. I think Lucas sort of plays better with someone that can roll as opposed to like a p- pick and pop guy. 
Um, yeah. Just because I guess he's, you know, not that, you know, not sort of a, a crazy downhill type of player. Um, and then, you know, you've you've got the option of bringing in my guy, Maximilian Kleber, um, as a center with more defensive versatility who we've seen, like, you know, do a good job on Kawhi, for example. And, yeah. you know, a guy that can, that can theoretically make some, make some jump shots. Um, so they do still have some options there. So, like, in terms of being a contender, would you rank Boston Celtics or Brooklyn Nets higher right now? Uh, we, we had Brooklyn Nets firmly above uh, Boston mm. in, in our, yeah. like, post-Alter game uh, podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they've just been so disappointing, and they just sort of can't find, you know, uh, players who can who can play on more than one end of the floor. You know, they've got very set, you know, you got Kyrie and Seth Curry and, you know, Patty Mills, all these sort of one-way offensive players. Um, and then, you know, like your James Johnson, who um, did, you know, a pretty good job defensively um, against Philadelphia, for example. Um, but, yeah, they they just sort of, like, can you construct an eight-man rotation that's really going to go deep in the playoffs? And maybe, like, once we get to the playoffs, just having Kyrie and Kevin Durant is sort of enough with, like, you know, getting Simmons back as a defender and, and Seth Curry as a guy that you just ca- cannot leave open. You know, maybe that's just enough and it doesn't really matter that they can't go that deep with quality players. Um, but, like, they're the eight seed right now. You know, that's pretty insane that we're having a conversation about whether the eight seed is a, is a championship contender. Um, they do have who's, you know, I mean, Kevin Durant may be the best player in the world. Um, so when it comes down to it, maybe that's enough. But um, I, th- I think for sure the Celtics have to be the favorite yeah. over this yeah, team. It, according to some, Kevin Durant is like a top five player all time. Um, mm. yeah, I think it's a bit ridiculous, but I don't know. I like, <laughs> I kind of thought about that. Like, why Kevin Durant is sort of so, I guess, historically underrated. Because, like, if we're saying that LeBron is the second best player of all time, like, for most of his career, Kevin Durant has been like just below or at certain points, like above LeBron James. So, for LeBron to be second and Durant to be like 20, when like who've you know, for like a period, those were like sort of the the two best players, and and both of them are, you know, sort of ranked in, yeah, I don't know, like the eight to twelve range. So for them to be so high and so close, but for us to be like, yeah, LeBron's the second best player, and Durant has been slightly below and at times on par, at times above LeBron. For us to rank him so low is like something that I have thought about. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but like he's been re- really unlucky in his career, uh, both in terms yeah. of injuries, in terms of like roster instability. But mm-hmm. I think I think what's is uh, my main problem with Kevin Durant is that he's just been taking bad decisions for himself and his career. Um, uh, maybe not so much. I mean, who am I to say that Kevin Durant has made the wrong decisions? That's that's on him, but like, um, I mean, the fact that on those OKC teams that Russell Westbrook had more field goal attempts per game than Durant is like yeah. absurd. Like, you, you exactly. should be giving Durant every every shot that you can. Like, he's legitimately like maybe he's not one of the you know five best players of all times, but he might be like one of the five best scorers of all time. Yeah, for sure. Um, just in terms of getting a bucket and, and doing it efficiently, so like he yeah. should be the guy taking most of your shots. Um, and so, like your Warriors point, and sort of you know the the unluckiness of his career, um, you know I think even he was quite surprised at the reaction that he got after after winning the those championships. Um, you know he thought that you know doing that as the best player, thoroughly outplaying LeBron, winning winning you know championship, he thought that that would have put him ahead of LeBron in like public opinion. Um, and he was, you know, sort of quite surprised to find that, like, that really didn't. Um, and I think that's, you know, probably part of. Yeah, I mean, almost part of it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think I think that's really sort of part of the the decision that led him to leave that team um, 
to move to the net where like you know sort of like okay so if i join another good team and i am the best player in the world outplay lebron win the championship like that's still not enough so like he's gone this other route of like okay i'll i'll make the team around me um and really like that's not i think the bad decision i think the bad decision is like the fact that he decided to be so involved in in the other decisions i was sort of seeing it from um you know the lakers as well of like here's this team with this great player who you know has sort of every opportunity to to build a great team but you know lebron and kd they're not professional front office decision makers you know they're not professional scouts um and they've sort of forced their team into making some, um, you know, not great decisions. And so, like, as much as he has been unlucky um, in sort of the cards that he's been dealt and maybe the, the public perception over some of his other, you know, eventualities in his in his career, um, I think this sort of the Nets, this is sort of the first time where, like, a little bit of the blame can be on him because, like, clearly he's and Kyrie – other ones that are, you know, sort of making a lot of the, the big decisions. Yeah. Um, and you know, you just kind of think with how great a job, Sean Marks has done in the past, and having this great owner, who's you know willing to pay, super high luxury tax bills. Like, if you look at sort of the the team that, um, the Clippers have built around Kawhi and Paul George, and then sort of compare that to the team that Brooklyn have around Kyrie and and KD. Like these are two teams that should be fairly similar, and they just really are not. Yeah. Um, but like they recently acquired Goran Dragic, um, mm. who looked terrible to be honest against the New York Knicks. Yeah. Yeah, and and they're like they're playing him over Patty Mills. Yeah. Like they already had the perfect like bench scoring guard. Yeah. And they decided to bring Dragic in to like duplicate Patty Mills, and they're also playing Dragic over Patty Mills. Yeah. Um, one thing I just don't get, like especially after watching both the Brooklyn Nets and Philadelphia 76ers play, uh, I don't get why Phil you wanted uh, DeAndre Jordan. Like he oh, was yeah. super bad. He was super bad in Brooklyn. Yeah, and like the, uh, it wasn't even like just by coincidence or something. Like they were going hard for him at yeah. the waivers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, Woj was saying that they may like claim him off of waivers and like yeah. pay extra like millions of dollars in tax to get DeAndre <laughs> Jordan. It's like, have yeah. you guys watched DeAndre Jordan? Like, this guy's been washed for like three years. Like, he is yeah. not going to contribute to you. Like, he he is not better than than you know Paul Reed or, um, you know, playing Niang as your backup center. Yeah, but, but I mean, why not just stick with Andre Drummond, like? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I maybe, don't know. Yeah, maybe he had to be in the move for like salary matching, or or maybe you know Brooklyn Possibly. actually wanted him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that is a super weird move that they were like so invested in. Like, we got to get DeAndre Jordan. It's like yeah. DeAndre Jordan, like he fucking sucks, man. Like the <laughs> only play I remember from from last night, uh, him being involved in was a uh, like turnover from a uh, lob. Uh, attempt that he didn't yeah. catch. Yeah, like he, he's he he hasn't been the same Andre Drummond. No, I mean uh, DeAndre Jordan for like f- uh, four or five se- seasons or something like that. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he can't catch a lob anymore. Yeah, like basically since leaving the Clippers, like it's been. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, downhill. How um, long is that ago? It feels like ages is- ago. Yeah, uh, seventeen, seventeen, eighteen was the last season. Yeah, I guess he he put up decent numbers in Dallas. Um, yeah, but it, I mean, that, that was still not a great stay. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, and actually put up decent numbers in for the Knicks. Um, yeah. But yeah, like especially defensively, like this guy like made All NBA, like All Defensive First Team. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, like he he's just not a good defensive player at this point. No, no, no. So, like, that, that's super weird to me. And, and Andre Drummond is, has actually been decent for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, as, as, 
I'm still kind of confused how he just ran from like the absolute number one guy in Detroit to like a like he's just a shill of that yeah. now. He's only 28. Yeah, he uh, he got he got old like really really quickly yeah. and really young. Like he used to be like this athletic pick and roll get a lob guy, um, you know, springy shot blocker. Um, yeah. And he's just like, you know, he's just, <laughs> now he's just big. That's pretty much his only. Yeah, um, yeah. he's 6'10", <laughs> 280. Um, yeah. But like, looks like Mark Gasol out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's weird. But but like, you avoided my question. Like, who, who would you pick as like the favorite? <laughs> Brooklyn Nets or Boston Celtics, if you have to pick one right now. Oh yeah, def- def- definitely the Celtics. Right. Although it is kind of scary, just like picking against Kevin Durant in any series. Yeah, and, and like that's the thing we've been saying for two seasons now. Like mm-hmm. you can't really, you can't really not pick the Brooklyn Nets as like one of the favorites because mm-hmm. of Kevin Durant. Um, yeah, but, like but especially especially in the playoffs, like. If you were just like selecting players that you want on your team in the playoffs, like he's probably mm. number one. Yeah. Like if you're trying to win a championship, you're picking players. He's probably your first pick. I mean, sure. Yeah. Uh, he almost did it last season. Like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. He was, he was like you know two inches away from from winning the championship last year. Yeah. Uh. So so it all kind of depends on whether or not. Uh, at least I think whether or not um, Kyrie is able to play. Yeah. Like is, if if they actually have to play uh, the Toronto Raptors, uh, and Kyrie can't even enter the country, like uh, I'm not sure. I'm, uh, it, it might as well be the Toronto Raptors winning that series. Yeah, and they've uh, actually been coming on lately too. Yeah. Yep. Um, so as it looks right now. Brooklyn Nets and Toronto Raptors is going to battle it out in the play-in tournament. I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to pick a favorite between those two teams, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, they're the, the Raptors are only a game behind Cleveland. Like, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if the Raptors could jump over over Cleveland with, um, you know, Jared Allen being out. Yeah. Um, and just sort of the way that both teams have been playing recently. Yep. Um, yeah. So maybe so, we get maybe we get Cleveland Brooklyn in the in the playing game, which is probably favorable for Brooklyn. Would probably rather have that. Yeah, rather have Cleveland than Toronto, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so as well. Like they are a much younger, untested team. Like yeah, they're not ready for the playoffs. But Toronto, like they have some of those players that you just don't want to face in the playoffs. Like. Um, uh, Fred Van Fleet, like mm. great play in the playoffs, and Pascal yep. been there before. Um, yep, yep. Um, and, <laughs> and also, we were just saying, you know, to in order for this team to succeed, you know, one way that that you know the the sort of scariest is you just play through Kevin Durant, and like he'll he'll win you games because he's the best scorer in the NBA. Um, if you've got OG Ananobi, that you know to throw on Durant. And you know you can switch, you know you switch OG and Anobi, and now Pascal Siakam's on Durant. You know that's that's yeah. not the best. Um, you know that's that's a tough matchup wise as well as just you know politically. And, and like other than those two guys, they also have Precious Achuva, who is a great defender with size. Scotty Barnes been pretty okay on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even Chris Boucher, like his body is just straight up. Similar to Kevin Durant. Yeah, at least uh, got size, right? Yeah. And like in terms of their offense, now I mentioned Fred and Fleet, but even Gary Trent Jr. has been great for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the other thing is like Brooklyn don't really have good guard defenders. Or you know, like like they, they do, but they just can't play them because they've yeah. got you know well I guess I guess they don't have Kyrie, so maybe they can play some defensive guards. Um, which is just going to make it even harder for them to score. And the, it's going to be so hard for Brooklyn Nets to play uh, Paddy Mills and Goran Dragic together. Um, yeah. Even like Seth Curry with, with, with Dragic or Seth Curry with Paddy Mills. Yeah. 
that's gonna be almost impossible against Soranto. Yeah, um, which made like the the Goran Dragic signing even weirder because like you've got yeah. Kyrie, Seth Curry, and Paddy Mills. Like, okay, you've got three small, really good offensive guards. Like, adding another small offensive guard is like why is that your move? Yeah. So I guess, um, yeah. Yeah, the, I mean the defense from from Brooklyn, uh, it's it, you. I don't think you can fix that. They just didn't mm. have the personnel. Mm. Um, so so they have to win it by being just better on offense, and and that takes Kyrie getting back. Yeah. Um, do you expect Ben Simmons to be back in like uh, his former self this season? Uh, um. Yeah, I mean, like, theoretically, like, he's not, you know, he hasn't been injured, so he should be able to come back and play pretty well. But, like, the guys missed, like, you know, almost an entire season of basketball. Um, And so, like, sure, he hasn't been hurt, but he, like, he hasn't been playing. You know, like, it's going to take him a while to, to get back into, like, playing rhythm. And, like, he's on a whole new team now with, like, a whole new system. So, like... You know, I don't think he's just going to be able to, you know, seamlessly come back one day and and just play at his normal level. Yeah. Um. So, Brooklyn Nets struggling for sure. Um. Another team that's got a superstar and is struggling at the moment. Uh, LA Lakers, like they just got absolutely destroyed last night by the Phoenix Suns. Uh, 140 to 100, and I think it was 11. Yeah. Yeah, with, with uh, no Chris Paul. Right. I mean, the Suns scored 48 points in the first quarter. <laughs> um, it, the Lagos looks like they're not, like they're, they're not relevant at all for the uh, title contention in the West. Uh, uh, I, I mean, we could probably dedicate an entire episode to how, how to fix the Los Angeles Lakers because that's going to be one hell of a big topic. <laughs> so I don't think we should go into uh, fixing the Lakers. Yeah. But like, should we just write them off this season? So, I mean... I, I yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But that's easy, yeah. right? You, you'd, you'd think like a team that's this bad, um, what are they? They're 29 and 38 like yeah. that's just a straight up bad team yeah um and, and you know the nine seed like you'd think like you can just you know that's not that's not even a conversation worth having um yeah but you know like they do have lebron james and you know every every season it's been a bad decision to bet against lebron james um, yeah and so you know in the in the back of my mind i'm still like okay can he just flip the switch and, you know, have, have another 50-point game? Um, and, you know, can he just do that for, for you know, a couple of weeks in the playoffs and, you know, go on a bit of a run? But, like, the surrounding team, like, especially if Davis isn't going to play and he's just been so inconsistent, um, even when he does play, is, is you know, he's not at, like, the, the bubble level that he was at. Um you know, like they, like you said, they're, they're just not a good team. Um, and so I think we can probably say, you know, like, do they even make it out of the play-in? Um, I don't think so. I don't think you know, so. I mean, New Orleans is a game and a half behind them and they have, the Lakers that is, have like one of the toughest schedules in the league because they, you know, yeah. they had all their, their easy games early to try to, you know, and they, they couldn't build anything off of that. Um, so like they they could be the ten seed. Yeah, I mentioned the New York, New York Pelicans, uh, New New Orleans Pelicans, uh, as a joke kind of in our like who's the contender uh, episode. Um, but but uh, there's no way I'm picking the Los Angeles Lakers over the Pelicans in the play-in. Um, not as long as the Lakers have to play. Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson, Malik Monk, uh, Avery Bradley, mm. uh, all those guys, heavy minutes. 
Like that's just not playoff caliber players. Yeah. Um, and even Russell Westbrook right now. Yeah. Like this season, uh, you you were hoping for him to ramp it up after the All Star game, but he hasn't at all. <laughs> yeah. He's just been terrible straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now with all this um, uh, uh, debacle with. Um, him being tired of being called Westbrick and all that, mm. um, you know, terrible stuff uh, uh, that he's like his wife were getting death threats and stuff. Like that's that's mm. terrible. Mm. But they are clearly bothered by, uh, I think, both by how bad they are, but also like that the fans are clearly tired of them. Uh, it. I think they are as players as tired of this situation that the yeah. fans are of their uh, yeah. play. Like, it, it's not a good time to be a Lakers fan right now. Yeah, uh, and I, and, I kind of yeah. wonder, like, if we may just get like them pulling the plug. You know, with the LeBron, might just be like, All right, I've got a groin strain. I'm done with this shit. And Russell Westbrook, yeah. you know, is like, I'm, I'm never playing for you guys again. Fuck this team. And, you know, just just goes home. Um, and they try to, you know, reset in the offseason. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, you know, bring in a, a real general manager. Um, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> build the way that everyone knows you're supposed to build around LeBron, which is, you know, surrounding with defense and shooting and not, you know, whatever they tried to do this year. Yeah. But like LeBron is still trying to catch all these totals. He just reached uh, mm. a 30k, 10k, 10k milestone uh, last night against the Phoenix Suns. So he's like still playing for his own personal gains, I think. Yeah. Um, so I mean, at least they got that going for them. Like they, at least they have a superstar who wants to play every night. Um, but maybe not for the right. Uh, intentions or what you would call it um yeah like like winning is no longer the yeah, um, he's, he's the, not the out there winning games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's yeah. out there playing the center position getting numbers like yeah that's it yeah yeah it's um it's it's good for the rebounding well lebron's rebounding numbers is it's not good for the lakers defense nah um but i mean the phoenix suns they're looking damn great and I still think they are my favorites for this uh, this year's uh, playoffs. Yeah. And they also signed the first Danish player ever to into the league. So that there's been a um, a, a Danish player uh, who who got drafted by an NBA mm. team. Mm. Unfortunately, he never got to play because he got injured. And there's been a Danish player who actually played in the NBA, but he was a Canadian uh, citizen or uh, like national. Right. Uh, so even though he was, I think he was born in Denmark, uh, and his, I think it was his father who was Danish, he still like, uh, he was a Canadian straight up. Yeah. Uh, and he, we also got like Chris Anderson Birdman. Uh, his I think his mom was Danish, but still not Danish. Yeah, yeah. But, but now, now we actually got a legit Dane. Like G yeah. Gabriel Ife Lundberg uh, has been playing in in Europe for different clubs. Like he he um, started his career in Copenhagen. Uh, he's had a pretty good career in uh, the Danish league. But the fun thing with him is that. He he's legit a late bloomer. Um, mm. He 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 kind of just played around in the Danish league. I I never really saw him as like, oh, this guy's gonna make it. Yeah. Uh, but but then he transitioned to uh, I think it was the Spanish league where he developed tremendously. Mm. Um, but he never really got the opportunity to really blossom. Didn't get the playing time. Uh, then he transitioned to the Polish league as, as like a move to maybe not 
play in, 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 in a great league like the Spanish league, but at least he got the minutes. Uh, that paid out big for him because then he got signed by Seska Moskov, uh, like the mm. biggest club in, 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 in yeah. uh, league. Yep. And, and, and he got the starting spot, uh, above, um, like he was legit better than Mike James, who was also, uh, shortly in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, in the NBA last year. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, Mike James really got mad that uh, Ife got uh, his minutes. That's why he actually ended up in Brooklyn. Huh. Uh, I think. And and now, uh, because of all this uh, terrible situation in, in, in Ukraine, uh, he, he decided to terminate his contract with Siska Moskov and, and actually go to, uh, to the NBA uh, and sign a two-way contract. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it personally, but I think the biggest reason for him not being in the NBA was that he didn't get offered a big enough contract. Like he just straight up made more money and 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 had a better role in in uh, EuroLeague. Mm. Um, but but with his team uh, not being able to participate in EuroLeague anymore, uh, and I'm sure he doesn't really want to stay in, in Russia at the moment. Yeah, probably, he, he probably a little saw, bit of that too. Yeah, <laughs> he, I mean, he just saw an opportunity to like, uh, like this is the time to go to the NBA. Yeah, yeah, especially like partway through a season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, a, a, an exciting, um, exciting development. Um, in you know, sort of part of the season where there aren't too many exciting signings going on. Yeah. Um, and ho- hopefully we get to see him play. Um, I think we will like um, the uh, at least the announcers in in the uh, Suns Lakers game were talking about how how great this was for the uh, like um, Danish viewers and and they were hoping for maybe the Phoenix Suns to be able to visit Denmark, yeah, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, um, that that'd be crazy. I mean, it it's not a big market in terms of um, how many people uh, live in Denmark, but like it's it's a pretty rich country so i think the nba really wants denmark in in um, uh, in the fold i guess yeah um and, and this is something that can really change the landscape for danish basketball like basketball is not a big sport by any means in denmark mm. uh like uh, i remember there was a um a danish basketball podcast where they were talking about uh like the reputation of basketball in Denmark. And one of the hosts um, said that he once uh, was like in a, a casual setting and he talked to one of the um, like biggest sports journalists in Denmark. A- and this uh, this guy legit said that he, he didn't know basketball was like a top 10 sports in the world. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's like it, basketball is just not in in the general uh, yeah. conscious in, in Denmark. Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully, um, this works out better than when they tried to expand to um, India using NBA star Simbola. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, yeah, and like he he should actually get to play because the Suns are so solidly in the one seed. Like yeah. they are up so many games. Like. Uh, you know, pretty soon they're just gonna stop playing their, you know, their their key players. Yeah. You know, so once, like once once that one seed is locked in, there's gonna be yeah. plenty of um, minute opportunities, hopefully, for some of the guys on the roster, and maybe you know he can show enough to parlay that into a, you know, another NBA contract next season. Yeah, I hope so. Like he's legit. I think better than Landry Shamet, Alfred Payne. Wow. Uh, Aaron Holiday, and I mean, I I, I kind of want to pick him over Cameron Cameron Payne as well. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Come not, on not, now. That, that's definitely some homerism here. <laughs> um, but like, as, I'll, as I I'll, see, I'll, let the, I'll kind of let the Landry Shamit slide. But once you once you get to <laughs> once you get to Cameron Payne, that's a little bit far. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I did I did tell you in 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 our like uh, Facebook chat. Like, yeah, this is w- one more guard that I will pick above uh, Russell Westbrook. 
I'm serious about that. <laughs> and also, hey, at least, at least he hit um thirty four percent of his three pointers in in Russia. Yeah. yeah. So, but but like his playing style is actually legit, kind of like uh, Russell Westbrook. Like he's a very mm. energetic guy. Uh, he gets to the rim all the time. Um, that the one thing that developed a, a lot in his stay in 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 Poland was that, uh, that he started to shoot the three-point shot very well, uh, especially like off the dribble and stuff like that. Mm. Um, he didn't have that in his arsenal early in, in his career. Uh, and that's also one of the reasons I think that uh, he's a legit NBA talent, uh, his, his ability to get the shot off at any time. Uh, at any range, um, and, and he's just a strong guy, and he's quick. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, so, like, just looking at him, he he looks like he's pretty solid. Yeah, and, and that was that's what I mean about him possibly being better than than someone like Alfred Payton, and uh, I'm, I'm, it depends how highly you see Cameron Payne. Uh, but, <laughs> Cameron Payne's like the best backup point guard in the league. Like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's stronger than Cameron Payne, I'd say. Um, yeah. And he's a bit more... Like, I have never seen him play against an NBA team. But, but like, I feel like if it is more, like, confident with the ball, um, in terms of him not turning the ball over and stuff like that, um uh, Cameron Payne is is almost at two turnovers per game this season. <sighs> we'll see, we'll see. Uh but so far I think uh he's on a two-way which means he can't play in the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, that they, they would have to convert him to an NBA contract and I don't know if they can they do it's, that. It's, it's it's probably even too late for that at this point. Yeah. There's a certain yeah. period by which a player has to be signed if he's allowed to play in the playoffs. Um, right. And I'd say that's probably past. Um, but yeah, maybe you know, like that that home stretch leading into the playoffs, um, where Phoenix is resting a lot of their players. Hopefully, he can get some minutes there, and and yeah. use that to get on on an actual NBA contract um, next yeah. season, and and you know, contribute next year. Yeah. Like that. That's that's my uh, like biggest um surprise this season man uh, yeah uh, like it, it's big for, for 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 us like legit a few years ago i would have never thought that we would have a danish nba player in like the next 10 years mm-hmm. we, we had a few like decent talent in in, in some college teams um but not not any any players that would be like starters on an NBA team, but I legit think that Gabriel Lundberg, uh, uh, I mean, I legit think that he could contribute on a lot of teams in a in a bigger role. Yeah. So exciting times. Yeah, we we looked a little bit about uh, in, looked a little bit into other undrafted players who who made an impact on nba teams um like joining the league at a late stage in their career uh, mm. and that's not a lot like we, we looked it up uh joe ingles was one of them right yeah i think he, he was probably the sort of the closest in terms of like a guy that made a, a legitimate impact to a team and came in at like a similar age yeah. um at, at twenty seven, they but they but they were both twenty seven when they came into the league. Yes. So, um, yeah. are, you, are you excited to hear um, American commentators um, butcher his name every time he gets on the <laughs> on the court? So, so, yeah, I mean Gabriel. I mean that's not really a Danish name. Uh, Eva is just an abbreviation of uh, I think his his uh, real. Uh, Middle name is like yeah, if uh, Angie or something. Yeah, his uh, his like I think it's a name from his African descent. Right. 
yeah, Ife Anji. So like not not really a Danish name. Yeah. <laughs> and then L- L- Lundberg. I mean, <laughs> it's actually more Swedish than Danish, I think. Oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> so like so his name is kind of weird for a Dane, but but like yeah. Yeah. So you're uh, not going to be too mad when they call him Gabriel Lundberg. <laughs> no, it's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, that, that's that's the biggest news for me this week. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, other notable things happening this week. I mean, Greg Popovich is now the most winningest coach of all time. Mm. Um, we don't have to go into detail with him, but like. That's that's nice. I'll, I'll just um go into one quick detail with no explanation. Um, do you think he's the the goat of coaches? Um, just a yes or no. No more questions asked. Yes. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, but but like it's it's a it's a it's a big topic. Yeah. But th- there's so much you have to consider and like. Uh, I'm sure if you really looked into it and like factored everything in, uh, and and that's probably a sharp subject uh, better fit for Nate to answer. Yeah. Um, but he decided that he'd rather be with his wife on his honeymoon yeah. um, than on the podcast. Yeah. Poor him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but like, uh, if you have to like pick a. Um, easy option for like the goat coach i mean it's easy to just pick the one who's got the most wins uh mm. maybe a bit lazy um but there's been a lot of great ones and i think it's harder to distinguish great coaches than it is to distinguish great players in in my opinion yeah like what do we factor in and like do you look at their personnel available and like how much like they made that teams into winning uh, teams? It's it's hard to like go about. Hmm. Um. So I think maybe our last thing this podcast uh, should be a fun little quiz. What do you say about that? Yeah, yeah. Let's um, let's do this. Let's do this quiz. very challenging quiz. A little um, quiz, and, 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 then, and, we and can, then we can then we can wrap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we could, th- there's two things we could do. Like we could uh, we could go ahead and, and do the uh, the, the uh, Purtle uh, NBA guessing game, or we could do a uh, NBA players abroad uh, quiz. As like a international touch. Now that we are getting a Danish yep. player in the NBA. Yep. Yep, no, I like that. I like that. Let's let's do that one. The last one is more fun for you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. After uh, you went to all the all the efforts of research and prepare this, we can't just. Um... <laughs> yeah. So so okay. So this quiz. Yeah. Um, is um, let's call it NBA players, G League, or no, let's let's call it former NBA players. Yeah. G League or international team? All right. So, like, I I will list a, or I will say a player name, and he he's gonna be a former NBA player, mm. and you are gonna tell me if he is in the G League mm. or in a international team. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, um. So, I'm just gonna go ahead and say. Greg Monroe, is he a NBA G mm. League team, or is he in the uh, whatever international league he may be in? Hmm, that one's a little bit tricky because I feel like he recently was overseas, um, but then he also came back to the NBA during like the you know the the replacements um, phenomena where they were just signing anybody. So I'm going to yeah. say that he stuck around and is in the G League. He is, in fact, in the uh, Capital City Go-Go, uh, which is a G League team. Nice. Splendid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he did play um, overseas before that, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he played for, I think it was Real Madrid. Mm. I, I should probably have looked that up in, in, <laughs> uh, prior to me making this quiz. But, but like, uh, as soon as uh, us, at, uh, as far as I remember, he was with the Real Madrid, I think. Uh, and then he came over again, yes, yeah, so you said, in, in the uh, weird-ass season, and he stuck around. Okay, so... Um, can you guess where Rondé Hollis Jefferson is at? Um, I'm going to say that he is overseas because he seems like the kind of guy that's like a fringe NBA player. Um, but I don't remember any team picking him up. And I'm assuming that's because he's overseas um, in China making good money. He is not in China, but he is in fact in uh in an overseas team. He is playing for the Besiktas Ikripex. Oh. Um, this is in Turkey. Turkey I, th- nice. I, I, I thought about, um, like, he, he was with the Toronto Raptors for uh, for the 1920 yes. season, and, and lately he played for the Portland Trailblazers. Like, mm-hmm. he's a guy that I thought would be around the NBA for a long time, but I guess he yeah. just... He just can't shoot. Yeah. He's just not good enough to be um, a, a, not good enough defensively to be a, a one-way player. Yeah, that that uh, like yeah, he's like, pretty decent. Yeah, he's, he's de- he was always pretty pretty good on defense, but as you said, not good enough. Um, I actually thought about um, um, uh, I was watching the Philly game and. and um, Oh, what's that? Uh, young, uh, great defender uh, with the long arms, and he's from Australia, I think. Matisse Thibault? Matisse Thibault, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I was just thinking, like, oh, man, he, was be, he would be such a so, so much better player if he could shoot. Um, mm. Hopefully he'll not follow the Rondé Hollis-Jefferson trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, let's get a move on with this quiz. Yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, Kenneth Farid, another player who's been in the NBA for a very long time. Mm. Um, where is he right now? I'm going to say he's in the G League. You are very good at this quiz. He, he is, in fact, in the G League in the Grand Rabbits Gold. Yeah. He, um, he was, like, part of, like, some of those really good... Um, Nuggets teams that were like really fun in like the like the twenty tens, you know, like the Ty Lawson, Wilson Chandler, Gallinari yeah. teams. Yeah, he had a stint where he's like one of the best power forwards in the league. Uh, I remember being very excited about Kenneth Freed. He was like, uh, I, f- I feel like he was kind of like Russell Westbrook if Russell Westbrook was not a point guard. Mm. Uh, super exciting player. Yeah. And he also had like a little bit of the Russell Westbrook thing where like people think he's a good defender because he played hard, um, yeah. but he actually wasn't good at defense. Yeah, it's like a mentality mentality thing, mm. like just going all out all the time. Yeah. Oh well, he fell down short in the long run. So, uh, the more fin- French names are ready for mm. the more French names. Alrighty. Okay, so um, hopefully uh, I've even heard of these guys to make it educated <laughs> guess. Uh, yeah, I think you you you've you've uh, heard of uh, right. Jakar Sampson. Ah, uh, yeah, Jakar Sampson. He's been doing great things in the G League and played, I think, for the Philadelphia 76ers and was it the Timberwolves? I think. Don't remember. I think it was on the Pacers. Jakar Sampson. Yeah, he was on the Pacers. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's been in Denver, Sacramento, Chicago, but he did in fact start in Philadelphia. Hmm. But where is he now? Um, he he seems like a, a quintessential G League player. Um, for that reason, I'm going to guess that he is in fact not in the G League. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say G League for sure. Like he's, yeah, he, he his name just uh, like he, he just sounds like a G League player. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you were to yeah, if, if you were to just say Jakar Sampson, where is he? It'd be like, oh, 
That's a G League player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's in Italy playing mm. for v- Virtus uh, Bologna. Mm. Mm. The home of Spaghetti Bolognese. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's just do one one last one, and and, right. and we'll we'll move on with this thing. Yeah, you, you've this, got one last chance to to th- beat me. This was clearly too easy. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Um, you you've probably played too much two K this this year. Uh, for this to be hard. Um, okay, so mm. let's go with um the great. Terence Jones, is he? Uh, he's been playing great for the Houston Rockets. I remember. Yeah, um, yeah. He he like legitimately was a good player for like yeah, one for sure. or two seasons. Um, I'm gonna say he's definitely in. Um, he's definitely overseas. Um, he is an older player, and it wouldn't make sense for him to be in in like China or like the Turkey or something. Mm. But he's actually still in the G League. Ah, man. Trying to battling it out with yeah. the, the Grand Rabbits gold alongside Kenneth Farid. Nice. I guess I didn't realize how young he was. I just brought him up. And, like, his best season, which was on, like, the some of those um, early 2010s Rockets, like you said. Yeah. Um, He was only 24 years old when he sort of peaked. Yeah. Or 20. I guess I guess twenty two years old, his best season, which was his, his second season in the league. Um, he was like his his career average blocks is like over one per game. He was pretty good defender, as I remember him. Uh, his peak in Houston, he was a really good rebounder as well, especially on the offensive end. Um, but he is also mm. not a good shooter. Yeah. Yeah, he he sort of um came at sort of like the wrong time. Yeah. So like he's sort of a it was like a power forward that was like a mediocre shooter and like a kind of a decent passer and like rebounder but like if he was like a few years earlier back when like you know like Lamar Odom, Rashad Lewis um yeah. you know sort of that era um yep. I think he probably would have succeeded more. Um, yeah. But he just sort of was a little bit like, you know, he was a little bit too much of a big man to like really be a skill forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like not quick enough to defend on the perimeter and not big enough to defend inside. Yep. I feel like uh, I feel like there were some problems uh, along the road. I don't really remember hmm. exactly, but I think there was something about some weight problems or something if if i remember correctly i might not but like yeah i mean like he was always like a really big guy yeah hey so i got you uh, uh once <laughs> in the quiz um great i mean that, that was a quiz beautiful that was fun right yeah yep i i just uh the the reason why i i, I kind of uh thought about this quiz was that i found a like there was a list of players you wouldn't think was in the G League. Like yeah. Form, former NBA vets. Yeah. Like the list was uh, Greg Run- Greg Monroe, Brandon mm. Knight, Kenneth Fareed, Joel Green, Mario Chalmers, Jody Meeks, Amir Johnson, Jordan Bell, Patrick McCaw, Terrence Jones, Quinn Cook. Like some of them like old NBA vets, like why is Kevin Fareed still trying to get into the NBA? That that's kind of weird to me. Mm. Um, I mean, it makes sense that players like Quinn Cook, Patrick McCaw, and Jordan Bell—they're trying to get into the NBA still. They're not that old, but yeah, I don't think there's a lot of teams waiting for uh, uh, waiting for the right opportunity to sign Greg Monroe, for example. <laughs> um, <laughs> you say that, but he did play in the NBA this year. He did, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that's just something that I didn't know, and now you know. Now we if know. You if you didn't already know, great. Is that uh, all we got this uh, beautiful afternoon? Yeah, seems seems like a good place to wrap. Right. 
Um, any Jonah, last uh, remarks or anything? I was just going to say, everyone, um, uh, the TikTok is blowing up. Yeah, Nate's if, been if, doing great. Yeah, if, if you're not following Hoops Temple on TikTok, you're, you're really missing out. Um, Nate's been putting up some really awesome content um, and, and getting thousands of views and likes. So um, if, if, if you're not following Hoops Temple on, on TikTok, like, you're, you're missing out. Go, go where all the cool kids are. Yeah. It almost seems like we're wasting time on this podcast. Like, might, might as well transition to full-time uh, TikTok uh, channel. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, go you follow Who's Temple on TikTok, on uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, remember to uh, like. Do you like our podcast? I think you... You leave a rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Give it a five-star rating. Give it a five-star rating. We don't want anything else uh, mm. from you. I could I could live with a four-star. No, no, um, no, no. We, we want the five-stars. <laughs> that, that, that's the point of this. Yeah. Um, so if you like what you hear, give us a five-star review. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, email us at hoopstemple uh, at gmail.com and um, yeah, see you around. <laughs> That's right. it, right? Yep. Did you see Nate's latest TikTok, which he put up 11 hours ago, has 13,000 views. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and almost, almost 2,000 likes. <laughs> <laughs>